Hello everybody, this is the podcast Unsolicited Advice with Crispin Sanford. So um, here we are, podcast number three. It is a lovely morning here in beautiful, bountiful Utah. And um, today I wanted to discuss uh, poetry, uh, writing poetry. Some of the some of the things I used, I've, I've written several hundred poems. I published a book of poetry finally in um, 2011. Um, it's called Delicious. It's available on Amazon. Um, and um, yeah, I've, I've been given an award in America and in England. So technically, I'm internationally award-winning as a poet. Um, but probably more importantly, you know, writing poetry helped me in many ways, and I perform poetry many coffee shops uh, as a part of a, a play in Hollywood East Hollywood um, and you know share poetry with people new people uh, who I meet uh, friends obviously and uh, that's really the thing you know um, creating an experience sharing it with others inspiring them really because you're writing something uh, and expressing your own message, I found it really touches people. They feel like you wrote it for them. Anyway, um, I'm sure we, we can go into more of that, but um, what I kind of wanted to do on this podcast is discuss some of the things I learned uh, and used to get to writing poetry, uh, you know, making it a habit, getting, you know, that resulted in hundreds of poems. Uh, many of which people enjoyed, and as I said, got me awards, got me published, um, and uh, you know, is, is helping me to ultimately uh, do something I really enjoy for myself and, and with others. So, um, you know, I think firstly, I should point out that you know, I enjoyed expressing myself, I enjoy it, obviously I'm doing this podcast, um, but I also think other people really enjoy it when you do the work uh, and get a, a, a quality result, right? I mean, so many people, you, you hear their poetry or they tell you about their poetry and you listen to them and it's a lot of angst or it's, it's very flowery use of different words and it, and it doesn't always go anywhere and uh, uh, or, or it's just painful people exposing their raw souls without any point without a message without uh, you know a, a catharsis uh, and it's almost like they're they're abusing the opportunity to uh, speak to an audience um, because under the guise of poetry and um, you know I really wanted to uh, as I say give you the things that I put together that I learned uh, that enabled me to actually produce a product this is this is some of the core core principles I used I'm sure I can go into it more in in future podcasts this this uh, unsolicited advice covers a, a wide range of things um, so uh, oh yeah, another thing I wanted to point out is that my mother wrote poetry and 
ended up getting her doctorate uh, conferred upon her by a poet. Masters in writing with an emphasis on creative writing, um, poetry. So, uh, you know, she and she really inspired and helped give me some of these principles. Um, it's interesting because for me, uh, I, I remember when I was a kid and I pulled out um, a clipping. It was in just one of the drawers uh, on a in a credenza, like a sideboard table in the dining room, um, and there was a, a poem in there, and it was very full of itself. And so I just I decided to start declaiming it out loud and, and just overdoing it, kind of the pomp and, and pretentiousness that was in this poem. Uh, and I sort of was running through down up and down the corridor, declaiming this poem. And then I got to the second one and I thought, oh gosh, I'm just going to do the same thing. And uh, I was really moved. And so I, I stopped because I didn't want to sully the poem and started again um, before I reached the end. And now took it seriously and just read it sincerely. It was beautiful. It was about how a candle burns um, and you can hear my gears changing. I have a manual car, which I love. Um, and as I drive to work, but um, you know, it talks about a candle burning uh, tears, and uh, it, it, it expresses how this is the emotion that she can't express, the author, and uh, ends on you know saying that a candle burns uh, tears I cannot shed. Right? It was I've got to get that poem from my mother because she wrote it. And I was so moved, profoundly moved. This clipping obviously had my mother's poem and somebody else's that was published many years ago. And it had a, a drawing that my dad had uh, done, uh, which was published with the poem of my mother. And I was so moved that I thought, wow, this really made it position my mother as a really great poet. I knew she wrote poetry. This was something that really established in my mind that she was good. So, um, now to it. So, I'm going to go through a couple of things. First, this is obvious. This is probably what a lot of people say these days. Many people have encouraged it. But first things first is you've got to write. Right? If you don't write, you will never have any poetry. But on this, I think it's important to... Um, write the things that come to you that are as inspirations. Uh, some uh, a pretty thought, a, a powerful thought, um, something that, that you really feel, you know, and, and, and it comes to you in your mind. It ca you capture it, this thing in your mind. Positive, negative, upset, angry, whatever it might be. When it comes to you, grab a piece of paper and a pen or grab your iPhone, open up a document. Um, and write that down. Uh, it's important not to worry about, um, you know, the finished product right now. Just, just get the inspiration down. Now, um, the other thing is, is that as you're going back over it, and when you do write it down, you know, you want to make sure that it's clear what it is you're saying, so that if somebody else reads it, they can understand what you've written. Sounds pretty obvious, 
Um, but I've gone back and looked at things sometimes in the past. Um, more often, you know, 10, 15 years ago. But, but um, because I've, you know, become practiced at making sure I write something and finish at least to make the point. Um, but yeah, you, you know, you can go back and look at something, or, and I've done it, and it's like, oh my word, what is this trying to say? There's something there, but it, it, it wasn't expressed. So it's important to, to make sure it's clear. Um, and that you're saying the thing, right? That it's on the page. Um, and then also, just in doing that, you know, if you, if you first write, before you start going into poetry, if you just write the things that come to you as inspirations or as formed thoughts uh, or emotions or expressions, and just get in the habit of putting that out on paper and then clarifying it. Try to clarify it there uh, relatively soon while it's still fresh. You can sometimes, I can sometimes pick up a poem and read it and realize the thing wasn't quite fully expressing the point, but I remember it, what it is I was trying to say, and then finish that point. But um, just doing that helps to strengthen your own voice. And as my wife said, you know, and I'll, I'll do a podcast on this very subject alone, um, you know, sometimes like, you've got to do the work to ensure that your work, the thing you produce, meets your expectation, the thing you um, strive to attain. I think I brought this up in probably my second podcast. Um, but, you know, as you work on putting down the thing on paper and making sure it's clear, this will strengthen your own voice. Uh, and when you talk to people, you become more and more. Um, precise in, in expressing exactly what you mean. This is important for you as a person. Um, you never want to worry too much about correcting things. Um, you know, if it's going to hinder getting the idea on the paper, because you can always correct it later, you can always clarify it. And by correction and clarification, it's just, are you saying the thing that you intend to say? And when you write more and elaborate, is it is it elaborating? Is it clarifying? Is it making the point that you're going to express through this poem clearer and, and more powerful? Now, here's where I get onto my, um, my the things my mother taught me because we've kind of covered, you know, writing your message, being true to your own message, your own voice, developing that because that's key. Um, but some of the structural things is so my mother taught me that uh, typically there's a structure to poems, sonnets have a certain number of syllables, um, and a haiku has a certain number of syllables. Um, but when it came down to writing, I kind of wanted, as I said, to strengthen my own voice, to find my own uh, structure, uh, or, or put structure to the thing that I was doing. So then when I started to write poetry, I would have that inspiration, write it down, uh, then it would follow another thought, and so I would put that down. And then I would count the number of syllables of the first line that I wrote, write that down, count the number of syllables on the second line I wrote, write that down, and then the third line that I would write would be the same number of syllables as the first line. And the fourth line I wrote would be the same number of syllables as the second line. And I would continue that structure into the next verse. And this gave me a discipline. Now you can change the number of syllables in 
the first or second line, or the third or fourth, but you want to, you, that means you're going to change the structure of those original lines. Um, and then keep to that structure. So you can adjust it and change it and feel free to, because this is a part of rendering a professional work. If you don't just stick to a thing because it was the first thing you wrote or did, um, let the let the professionalism, let the structure, uh, let the the great message find itself and establish itself. But the work to achieve that. Um, so that's syllables. Then um, the other idea, the next idea is uh, looking at my sheet here is rhyming so rhyming you know obviously the word sounds the same it's got a similar end similar number of syllables often or ends on the same word right so now rhyming can be the second line rhymes with the first line I typically found that I would write a first line and a second line and it would be different and a structural thing my mother taught me this is all in in Darlington actually uh, in England was that poems will have will rhyme the third line with the first line and the fourth line with the second line so you write a line write the next line the third line rhymes with the first line and the uh, fourth line rhymes with the second line and then you take that forward into the next poem the next verse you can use the same rhyme but often it's better to come up with a new rhyme, you know, um, at least I've found. You know, or you can have the rhyme be uh, every, the, the every line ends with uh, the same sound. You know, a lot of um, singers, artists do this in, in their songs. Rappers do that, you know. Um, now, the principle of rhyming as well, you know, we brought up rappers, but the principle of rhyming can be because I would use this structure and I wrote many poems following this structure that I developed and again I think doing that helps you find your voice helps you find a, a structure that you can work within without imposing it you know but I, I then went on to write you know sonnets using Shakespearean sonnet structure or other types and um, uh, so but, but rhyming also eventually I'd kind of write my own poems without necessarily according a specific structure or sticking to a specific structural type and but rhyming definitely became a part of it like you write I'd write a poem and a, a rhyme would show through you know in the first line would come up in the second and third line or um, I, I, it would repeat the, this sort of rhyme this sound would repeat and, and it helps pull the poem together and make it a poem your poem poetry I found is essentially a heightened use of language, uh, uh, expressing emotion and and ideas. Um, so you know, using other you know, using rhyming and sounds within the structure helps you to pull this piece together and hold it together and keep it uh, related, um, you know, to itself. Um, the next thing is uh, that my mother told me was the rule of threes. Very often, when you're making an argument, you'll make, um, uh, or, or you're writing a poem, is that you will say, you know, use three words. Um, so uh, a, 
creative, illustrious, and strong woman, right? And these these three adjectives um, help to strengthen um, your message. So, and then you know, sometimes you can make three points about something. You know, he was vigilant and uh, stayed true to the cause and was a valiant, uh, a valiant, powerful man. You know, so. You know, there's different. There's a different number of syllable, words and syllables in there, but the point is, you're making three arguments, and I found that to be very useful in writing poetry. The rule of threes. The next thing, uh, and last thing um, that, that I remember particularly learning from my mother about poetry is alliteration. Right, and it, it, it comes with it, it ties together with rhyming. Uh, but alliteration is maybe using the same using the same sound or the same initial. Um, so breaking with boundless brilliance, burr, burr, burr. breaking with boundless brilliance. Uh, that's something that, that really helped me for the long run. Right? Is that you know when writing a poem without having to accord certain number of syllables or whatever. Um, but that sounding, I've already kind of covered a little bit in rhyming really helped me to kind of break free but still have structure still have material um, that tie together with those with that, those sounds now it can be alliteration can be in the final syllable it can be with a letter it can be with similar um, uh, any, anything that's similar and ties together obviously um, but it also enables you to um, write without having to use, you know, um, heath and then wreath and bequeath, right? It's you can do that, but sometimes it can become obvious that you're being poetic and can kind of pull you out of the emotion of the poem. Um, but but breaking boundless brilliance, um, breathing boundless life to a brilliant man you know it becomes poetic yet emphasis use bringing an emphasis and not just rhyming uh, um, for rhyming sake okay so this was uh, one of the longer podcasts uh, coming on 20 minutes but again you know the whole point is to of these is to give my unsolicited advice and you know work on my own uh, arguments and structures and the things I wish to share with people and also to get your response back, you know, does that make sense? The, the things that I would I need to clarify, you know, and then probably things I can focus on at later podcasts. Um, I also should say, you know, I want to put the things covered in these podcasts on a website, right? So that you can uh, read a more formal expression of the, the message or the point or the thing I'm covering. So uh, I am going to put up a website that you can go to. I imagine it will be my name, crispinsanford.com. And then there'll be a place to register um, to get this material, right? So you can download it. Um, and then, yeah, it's not just available. Uh, it would be specifically for my audience for this to build this community. Uh, a way for, you, for me to share something with you specifically. Um, not just generally available because um, as I said I, might, I do want to build an audience as part of why I'm uh, doing this 
and you know I want to know you guys I want to be able to communicate with you guys um, and um, uh, so this is one of the ways I put a little bit of formal structure to creating that group all right well I'm getting close to work um, and uh, I it's time to wrap up the the podcast um, it's lovely chatting with you I really enjoyed doing this I hope this that you find value in doing in me doing this um, and if you don't then you know don't listen but uh, if you do say so um, talk to you next time have a great day and uh, I wish you well bye now <laughs>